0: This is the Voice in the Wilderness Podcast channel. This is part two of Random Thoughts number 15, my general random thoughts, and a literal ramble verbally. So in the first part I was talking, well, I was just giving my random thoughts. There's another aspect of my random thoughts, which I also wanted to talk about, and that is age differences. Everybody who may listen to this podcast is probably familiar with the meme when it comes to females. Nice story, babe. Now go make me a sandwich. Yes, it's very funny. Yes, it has an element of truth. But the same thing can be applied to age differences. And by the way, with most most cliches, anything you deal with in day to day existence, at, at its very basis is in one way or another some sort of human. It, it just comes down to us being human beings. But the age differences. There, there used to be a joke when I was growing up. Nice story, Grandpa. You know, can, can we move on to something better? Bishop Sanborn, well, um, in one of his lectures to his seminarians, now, you got to remember, this guy is like a boomer. He's a, He is literally a boomer. And he's in his mid to late, 70s and his seminarians, of course, are fresh face literal kids to me, and by the way, I consider anybody under 50 to be more or less a kid. But they're fresh face kids, um, college-age kids, and because he's dealing with you know he's doing what he is from his end. He was, he was talking about a story that even I hadn't heard, and I'm very interested in military history, how General Lee in the Confederate I'm sorry, in the Confederate Army during the Civil, American Civil War was referred to by his troops as Granny. Now I know enough about the Civil War to know that everybody in the South, um, considered General Lee to be a, a literal legend, a legend of his time and place. And so, when he told this story about how General Lee's troops were calling him "Granny," this was not mocking. This was not belittling. It was a gentle joke at General Lee's expense. A loving joke, I might add. Because General Lee, when the South surrendered in 1865, was in his 50s. And his average troops were the same age as those young seminarians in their early 20s, and in some cases as young as 15 or 14. Because by that point in the war, The South was so hard up for troops that they were literally drafting kids under 20 and men my age over 50. They were literally throwing warm bodies to save the South. And so I... I'm sure to a certain segment of my audience when I get on to a topic are thinking, yeah, 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 grandpa, okay, nice story. Now go go drink your 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 fruit juice and go sit out with your blanket in your wheelchair and uh let the young people do their thing. And that, you know, I don't get mad. Just like General Lee didn't get mad at his troops for calling him Granny. And that shows a particular humility in that. How can I get mad at kids with lack of experience and lack of life experience who get impatient with what they consider to be some old-timer rambling about, well, I remember when bread was a nickel. We had to walk to school in 10 feet of snow with... In our bare feet with the wolves chasing after us. Now, those things I just referenced were jokes when I was growing up. You know, whenever somebody above the age of 30 was, you know, trying to give us life advice. Those were the kind of jokes we made. And I've run into a very interesting, for me at least, um, not concept, um, Phenomena. The kids, and like I said, if you're under 50 to me, you're a kid. Nowadays, they'll call you yes, sir, if you're a male like myself, or they will call you yes, ma'am, if you're a middle-aged woman. But I've noticed, at least in my dealings, in this phenomena, that where they'll be quiet and respectful verbally, at least online, and to a lesser degree, to a lesser degree, if you're face to face, there will be an a underlying disrespect. And I think the difference between my generation and the last two generations is, at least in my era, depending on the person, if the person wanted to be disrespectful, they would just be disrespectful to your face. Me personally, I respect that attitude more of you calling me sir and being quiet, but inwardly disrespectful than coming into my face and literally saying, shut up, old man, I'm not interested. Now, for what it's worth, I realize that this attitude is mine personally and may not be shared by other people my age or older. But, I would much rather have a person Call me everything but a child of God to my face than to do one of two things. The first thing is, as I said earlier, be outwardly respectful but inwardly disrespectful or to, to play the 300 IQ paste eater and turn around and somehow try to mock me and once again online on in text form or in public you know try to pretend like yes sir yes sir and then you know they they're being disrespectful and, you know, but 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 the joke's on me because I'm too dumb to get the fact that they're being disrespectful. I'd much rather have somebody who gets in my face and tells me, shut up, old man, I'm not interested. Once again, this just is just my little quirk as a human being. Your results may vary and it depends on the person my age or older who may or may not be the person But generational differences, and I kind of touched on it in the first part. There are various anthropological reasons why these things are the way they are. But one thing that is part of the truth of being a human being is, is the younger types, once again, depends on the person tend to get impatient with older people who are trying to impart their wisdom or their knowledge or on a more personal level, just talk about stuff that happened to them when they were younger. Now, I've had plenty of younger people. I'm sorry, I've had plenty of older people when I was coming up who, when they were talking about themselves, and this it just, is just the type of person that I am, I would just shut up and listen to them. Because by listening to them, I learned all sorts of interesting things that I would never have known if I interrupted them or if I changed the subject. Well, that's just me as a person. I found it interesting. Not everyone is like me. And that's one of the lessons I'm trying to learn as a human being. that Not everybody is like me. And I think that not, I, I promised at the beginning of the first part that I was going to turn this religious and I'm not. Even if you're secular, this will do you good in the long run. It would behoove us all to remember when we are, tend to get annoyed or angry with somebody that we have our own faults and shortcomings, which anger and annoy other people, but we may be unaware of it because the other people are too, what we say in America, classy to show their annoyance or their anger when we are being what I call a jackhammer or a jackhole. And at the end of the day, human relationships and because once again, I can't get mad at people who make the honest mistake of literally making honest mistakes, which is the fact that our society and culture, parenting and genetics will get you so far in life. At the end of the day, though, culture and society, unless you make a concerted effort not to allow it to mold you, is going to mold you which is why being true Catholic makes a huge difference. And thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, for putting this in my mind. The bottom line, if I were going to boil down the essence of being a true Catholic, a pre-Vatican II council Catholic, is not to let society and culture mold you into something that our Lord and our Lady do not want you to be. That's this. Once again, this is not me. This is our Lord and his blessed mother giving me the inspiration. Because up until I did this second part, of my initial recording, that I realize that that's that's what being Catholic is all about. That that you know, for all the for all the uh, internet ink that gets spilled, where said are scorating their fellow human beings for being modernists when they themselves may or may not be modernists themselves is that if you allow it, culture and society is going to mold you. Now, what makes people individuals is literally your genetic makeup and the way you were raised and your life experience. But at the end of the day, if you allow it to, culture and society are going to mold you whether for good or for evil, is going to depend on you. Your genetic makeup or your upbringing. You know, slapping a label, such as set of and claiming up and down that, oh, well, I'm a pre-Vatican II Catholic, I'm not a modernist, is you're LARPing. Your live action role playing. If you are indulging in the same things that culture and society is pushing, if you're, and, and by the way, it's 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 not it, a lot of people get get it twisted and misapprehended that somehow or another, that if you if you don't go to the movies, if you don't indulge in the trash TV, if you don't indulge in the trash music. That somehow or another, this exempts you from what I just talked about. If you allow it to affect your thinking and your actions, you're no better. One of the things that used to, one of the cognitive dissidence things that I noticed when I was a Protestant, in the particular Protestant sect that I was in, women were not allowed to cut their hair. And we literally had white women with hair down to their butts. And I'm not kidding. It was literally down to their butts. And they, you know, obviously, oh well, let me go back. And they were not allowed to wear the latest fashion. So they had to be covered up, you know, no cleavage, you know. Um, they had to wear long skirts down to their ankles. And I used to tell people outside of my sect that there are plenty of secular women who run around with long dresses down to their ankles and long hair down to their butts who are every bit as hellish as these women who are trying to be pious and devout. It's not the outside of you. And this goes back to Jesus telling the Pharisees, wash out the inside of the cup First, then the outside of the cup will be clean, and goes back to an earlier episode where I talk about your attitude and your way of thinking are what counts. So, you can wear, if you're female, of course, um, your a dress down to your ankles, and you can wear your hair long. You can observe all the outward appearances of whatever piety. Your sect or religion demands of you. If your mind and your way of thinking are not in tune with God's way of thinking and what he teaches, you are literally no better, which I've said ad nauseum, than your non-believing neighbors. Now, that's the extent, Lord willing, of course, because this is a ramble of my delving into religious topics. That's another thing, too, though, that I want to get into a little bit, and I'm going to move on. I cannot help completely without reference to my Catholicism. I cannot help making references to our Lord and His Blessed Mother because they're who I'm all about. Now, for the sake of my audience who are not where I'm at, I could try to downplay those aspects of my way of thinking and my attitudes, but at the end of the day, because I am or I'm, I try to be who I say I am, I'm going to have to make references when I'm not out and out having a topic on this podcast. Because the uh, our Lord and His Blessed Mother who I'm living for, the teachings of the pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church are my truth claims. So my perspective by default is, no matter how badly I fail on a daily, sometimes minutely basis, these are my default positions. And honestly speaking, I wouldn't have it any any otherwise. Um, so there are, you know, even, well, let me, let me go back a little bit. When I'm out on the job, I literally have to be quiet. I have to remind myself to be Quiet because the people that I'm working with are literally the exact opposite of who I'm trying to be. Now, when I say this, does this mean that I wasn't in their shoes? Oh, I don't know, say two years ago? No, it doesn't. What it does mean, though, is, and this is another personal thing that I've noticed in my own life. And I'll get into that in a minute, but I can empathize where they're coming from. And I can, because like I said, two years ago, I was in their shoes and in certain points of my life, I was even more deep in my own ways of thinking and doing things than they would know themselves. So it's not a good idea because I rely on a job for my livelihood to just be quiet in most cases and not involve myself in conversations that at this point in my life, number one, I'm not interested in. But number two, it's a fruitless, as far as I'm concerned, it's a fruitless conversation. I've never been much for the pop culture. For you younger types, we Xers used to call things like uh, movies, TV shows, popular novels, plays, stuff like that, pop culture, short for popular culture. I've never, you know, the latest Hollywood gossip. Matter of fact, whenever, when I was on YouTube listening to politics, it kind of annoyed me when The podcaster in question would make a obscure reference. Well, to me, it was obscure. Uh, A a pop culture reference. You know, the latest Hollywood gossip or scandal. It's like, okay. uh, Actors and actresses acting like entitled, spoiled human beings. Wow, what a concept. Who would have thought? I I would think that that people like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolene were the second coming of our Lord and His Blessed Mother and they were going to come save the earth. Who knows that they were actual human beings like the rest of us. They get drunk, they get divorced, they get stupid, and they do dumb crap. Which used to make me laugh back in the day. For you younger types, you may not be familiar, but there's a... Tabloid called the National Enquirer. The National Enquirer in America is sold at the checkout stand for bored middle class housewives with all the latest celebrity gossip. And that's literally what it is. Well, we saw. Oh, wow. Um, Orlando Bloom. We saw Orlando Bloom at the local grocery store, and he was picking up Raid Bug Killer. Now, why would Orlando Bloom need a can of Raid Bug Killer? Who cares? And even at the age of 12, I used to laugh at these people, the you know, who, who, who would buy these... Uh, Newspapers, because at the end of the day, your average Hollywood movie star, just like in the case of Seth your priests and prelates, or in the case of you totally secular people, your mother, your father, your granddad, your boss, your co-workers, your drinking buddies, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We get cold, we get hungry, we get hot, we get dirty, we get smelly. Um, we get irritable, we get happy, we get horny, we get sad. And as I grew older, I kind of understood, not that I agreed with it, but it was just me getting older. Lord willing, I hope wiser, that these housewives, they were bored. They were bored. They didn't have any references outside of their boring middle-class existence. So reading about Angelina Lee smacking Brad Pitt upside the head with a frying pan, broke up the boredom. And because I'm not the type to make a personal judgment about people I don't know, I didn't think that, well, instead of reading about their fellow human beings who just happened because of circumstances, famous, why not read a good novel? Why not read a good novel? And instead of Watching the latest Broadway play. Why not? I don't know. How about watching a Shakespeare play? Um, Instead of uh, watching uh, Iron Man Part 25, The Ultimate Revenge, how about watching Citizen Kane by Orson Welles? But it's very, very tempting as a human being to judge people by your own standards. It's what makes us human beings. Once again, I'm going to make the disclaimer, not for legal reasons. That I'm very much have been to a certain degree, or still guilty of this. It's very easy to make personal judgments against our fellow human beings based on our own quote-unquote high standards of ourselves. Never mind the fact that even if we have high standards for ourselves and we're honest and sincere and try to meet those high standards, at the end of the day, if we don't have reference to our Lord and his blessed mother, we fail miserably and we make excuses for ourselves, thus turning ourselves into massive hypocrites. Anyhow, once again, kids, you know, just 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 try to indulge grandpa here, okay? Just try to indulge grandpa. And Lord willing, if you're willing to indulge grandpa, maybe you'll come away with something. I'm hoping and I'm praying. One of the uh, One of the reasons, and I have to admit, it's one of it's 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 a personal reason of mine. It's a personal reason of mine. I have my altruistic reasons to advance our Lord and his Blessed Mother's kingdom on earth. There's the altruistic side of me that would like to help people get to where they need to go. But there's also a very selfish motivation behind what I do here. And that is, you can call it egoism. You can call me being full of myself. Doesn't matter to me anyway. I feel like I, you know, I've got a lot of life experiences and some wisdom to share. I'm hoping that people, some people at least, will pick up on some of those, some of that wisdom and life experiences and hopefully it'll give them something, something to work with. On a personal note, I've never been a father in the literal sense of the term. I've never been a father, not through lack of trying. Trust me, um, as we say in the States, I've, I've, I've sowed my share of wild oats. It just never came to that. It never came to that. And one of the one of the things that I desperately wanted from an early age was to have a family of my own. God and his blessed mother had another idea for me, and that's fine. But there's a reason why older people are a treasure. And what today's culture and society does is they invert it. Where older people should be cherished and respected and listened to carefully, they're mocked, they're ridiculed in extreme cases. At the best case scenario, they're ignored. And in the case of America, and I noticed this way back in the, in the 90s, in the 80s. In America, and it depends on the people, obviously, some families, when their parents can no longer take care of themselves, when they should take the, the parent or, or the grandparent inside their own house and take care of them, they will shuttle them off to a nursing home where they basically vegetate waiting to die. If you allow that concept that I just expressed to sink into your conscience, you'll realize, you know, everybody gets, at at least the ones who say that they love Jesus and whatnot, they get upset about abortion. Which they should. But these same, some of these same people, some of these same people who get all worked up and bothered, oh, they're killing babies, are the same people when mom and dad, or grandma or grandpa, or old Aunt Judy will take that old person who can no longer take care of themselves put them into a nursing home and leave them without even having the common decency to visit them until they die. We as human beings have an interest worth, no matter what our stages in life. People at the age of five are every bit as valuable as people at the ages age of 16 whoever bit is valuable at 30 whoever bit is valuable at 40 whoever bit is valuable as 70 if they make it that long but today's culture and society they worship at the altar of youth the youth they're our future the youth they're our future now if the youth are being raised properly with a proper spiritual understanding, and with a, um, if they're raised to be decent human beings, they can be our future. But you don't place all of your attention on one segment of the human population I e young people and ignore your elders. Once again, yes, I know. Yeah, 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 Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice story. Nice story. Go, 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 go back and uh, sit in the sun somewhere, drinking your lemonade. Now, I'm not even going to claim that this is a new concept. Because back in the 90s, when I was reading political magazines, the neoconservatives were bemoaning the fact that society and culture were aiming everything at the youth and basically ignoring old people. And at the end of the day, culture and society, just like any organic organism, and culture and society even though they're they're not organic in the sense that they don't have a literal body they're organic in the sense that they are made up by people and just like there's unity in the holy trinity father son holy ghost three aspects working together just like a body does mind body and soul so a society, from, great, from, from from the tiniest baby to an embryo to a hundred-year-old person, we are all supposed to be integrated into a whole, into a society. And one of the things that our Masonic Satanist masters have done is they fragmented it all. Now we're a bunch of atomized individuals who have no more care for our neighbors, our families, and our friends. Then well let's just let's just be blunt. Today's society and culture is narcissistic to the extreme. Everybody is out for number one. Everybody is, you know, their first question is, once again, broad generalization. I'm not accusing everybody being this way. What's in it for me? You know, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this phenomena, but when a a charity wants you to send them money, they will say, well, if you send us money, we, we will do something for you. Whereas, in past eras, you gave to charity because, it, number one, it was the right thing to do. But, number two, you wanted to help somebody less fortunate than yourself. And you weren't narcissistic enough to expect something in return. What a concept, right? And once again, this is a ramble. So I get uncomfortable and this is, this happened to me when I was in the Vatican II sect is there would be certain Vatican II organizations that I would send a donation to because I liked what what they were doing. I thought that their mission was very necessary and I just wanted to help out. I had the means to give them a little extra money and I wanted to help out. And they would send you gifts, or I'm sorry, send me gifts. And I'm thinking to myself, even at that time, I was embarrassed. I was vaguely embarrassed because it's like, dude, why are you doing this? I'm sending you money because I like what you're doing and I agree with your mission. You don't have to give me a gift. You don't have to. As a matter of fact, the money they spend on these gifts could be better spent Toward furthering their mission. And while we're on the subject of charities, not that I expect anybody from a charity would listen to my podcast, but should you be out there? Here's an idea get rid of your bureaucrats. A lot of these charities. I mean, obviously there's the blatant cases of the real large ones, but even the smaller ones. They got people, the small charities I'm talking about, doing redundant work that isn't necessary. Just fill a slot that could be filled by a person if they were, if it was part of their job description, to say, hey, here's your salary do this work in other words fire the person who's just easing the burden of the person that should be doing the the work anyway and by the way it doesn't necessarily apply to charities any bureaucracy But anybody who's listened to Pope Leo the encyclical the other day that I read out knows that it is one of the Masonic goals that in order to make people softer and weaker, they get to, you know, they, they want to make things soft and comfortable because when you're not soft and comfortable, you're less likely to be led around by the nose you're less you're more likely to be independent and uh, thoughtful but when you become soft and weak well you got to go do this you got to go do this because we said so oh okay okay i guess i Really seems like a bad idea, but you know, you want to ratify gay marriage? I don't want to go to jail by not giving these people a license, or better yet, resigning my nice, comfy bureaucratic job because you know, uh, I got to have all the bright, shiny stuff. So, I don't really want to do it, but okay, let's go ahead and go do it. But I get I, I I get embarrassed when 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 I donate to a to a charity, and they give me gifts. When I do something nice for somebody, and I've always been this way, I don't expect anything in return. I'm not doing it for what's in me because, in my experience, your results may vary. Most people that I do nice things for. I do it because they need it, and I realize if they didn't need it and they could actually do it themselves, why should I expect something in return? If I have a laptop that I'm not using and I give it to a neighbor who doesn't have a laptop, and that neighbor is living on Social Security, what? what, what how is he going to repay me back? How? He can't. He's living on a fixed income, or she. They're living on a fixed income. there's, There's no way they can, and that's kind of the whole God thing. There's a lot I owe God and his blessed mother for that I'll never be able to give them back. Never. And that brings me to the point of our Lord's sacrifice. As human beings, we cannot go through the things that he went through, as I said in an earlier episode. It would have killed the human being. The only reason our Lord survived it was he was God and man at the same time. It was literally his God essence that kept him alive. When every other human being, after the 40th lash, and he took 5,000, would have killed them. And and I think I'm going to wrap up here soon because I'm tending, this this is going into, well, anyway, I'm going to wrap up soon. But that is the whole concept of gratitude is realizing the value of a gift. There's an old cliche, I'm just going to say it's from America, it could be worldwide, that most people know the price of things, but not the value. If you truly had an understanding of a gift or a favor, you truly understood it, And you realize that you were in no way that there was ever any way that you could make it right with a person. And for the sake of this this, uh, line of discussion, I'm not even going to talk about when it comes to God. I mean, just on a natural level. Let's just say you're a homeless guy and somebody... I know this sounds outlandish, and for the sake of this point, it is. Let's just say, uh, one of the local wealthy people, in your town or city, meets you on the street. You get to talking with them, and they, they, they take a liking to you. So what they do is is they give you a well-paying position within their Their corporation or their business, they help you get a place to live. They um, because you're homeless, you don't have a vehicle, so they buy you a vehicle, and whatever it is you need, they help get you started. They'll give you everything, but they help get you started. You need a nice suit for your new job; they buy you a suit. You need some groceries; they buy you some groceries. They give you some furniture. They pay your first year's rent on your new apartment. Or if you, let's just say it's a house, they, you know, pay your first month's rent on your house, a few months' rent. On just a basic level, there's no way you're gonna ever, I mean, physically, if you work day and night, maybe eventually you'll pay that person off. But let's just say, that person gives you so much assistance that it's not possible. Not, not in three or four lifetimes it's possible to ever pay them back. But to top it all off, when the person does this, they tell you, Hey, look, man, I know you're a high-character person, and I know that there's nothing better that you would like to do than to pay me back. But here's the thing. I'm doing this because I believe in you and I think that you're going to be an asset to me. You don't have to pay me back. Just keep doing who you're doing and I'm going to train you. I'm going to train you while you work for me so that you're going to be an invaluable asset To my company or my business or whatever. And when I. When I retire. If you've made the requisite progress in your training. I'm going to promote you to run the company. It's very easy in this scenario. At first, you're just bursting with gratitude. I mean, you're literally. I mean, depending on the person, you may break down in tears because you've been given a lifeline, a literal lifeline, and you're just blown away. But part of the human aspect of being a human is we get in a routine. So let's just say maybe for the first, depending on the person, the first year or so you're on fire, you're you're plugging away. But then the first year, you, you know, you're in a routine. You clock in at eight, you work till five. Maybe sometimes you put a little in overtime, maybe sometimes you come in early, and you're exhausted. You're literally and utterly exhausted on some days. But you fall into routine and soon That that gratitude that you felt That heart-rending gratitude that you felt It goes away It goes away And that's part of being human But and I am going to close out with this. If you, I have hammered ad nauseum to my religious audience that you know about the concept of gratitude. In this particular instance, I'm going to aim this at my. You know, I probably don't get many seculars actually, but let's just say I do. Gratitude. Remember what I said earlier about knowing the price of everything but not the value? If you want to be a truly decent human being without any reference, although you should, but let's just say you know, people are people. Um, without any reference to God, Knowing the value of the things that you have. Knowing the value. And on a most basic level, and this is as basic as I can make it, the value of each individual human being in your life, in a personal sense, And the value of humanity in general. Because being the narcissist that we are, it's easy to focus in on everybody else's warts and shortcomings. And it's very easy to overlook our own. Thank you for giving me almost an hour of your time. Thank you for your time and patience. I do appreciate it. I'm praying for you all. I'd like as many of you to get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. A well-meant and well-hearty God bless you. Bye-bye.